0: Hello, my progressive and woke tribe, and welcome to REWOKE, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. My name is Michelle Person, and we are on a journey. We are rethinking, reexamining, and reeducating ourselves and our children. And we just don't examine things that are in the classroom. No, sir. We examine and rethink everything. But this week, we are examining an idea that falls a little closer to the classroom. Some swear by it, their children thrive, they think independently and they become leaders. Others swear that homeschool children are socially awkward and lag behind just a little bit academically. Well, who's right and who's wrong? And is it an option for your child? I know individuals who are proponents for both. And I have to admit that the more time I spend in traditional education, the more time I find myself having a harder and harder time Arguing that homeschool is a bad idea. I saw a quote on a homeschooling website recently, and it said that in education, the idea is to educate, not follow anyone else's schedule about when something should be studied. When you truly understand child development, it's hard to argue some of what homeschool has to offer. And oh, yeah, are you woke? Our guest today is Leslie Jones-Sessler, a 30-year educator who has served as a teacher, a literacy coach, personally as my principal, an assistant superintendent, a superintendent, and a college professor. Leslie comes from a family of educators and is an educator at her core, which is why I was surprised to learn of her decision to homeschool her son a few years back. I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised, since a Census Bureau survey indicates that the number of Black homeschoolers has grown dramatically since the beginning of the pandemic, from 3% two years ago up to 20. And those numbers are not tapering off. They are continuing to rise. More and more parents are exploring homeschool as a viable option, and today, so are we. Leslie Jones Sessler, thank you so much for joining us today to talk to us about homeschool. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to the decision um, to, that homeschooling was for you? And when you talk about your decision, I need people to understand your background because you were not um, this huge homeschooling proponent you know, uh, for the last, the, from uh, for the last like, you know, 15 some odd years. I've known Leslie for uh, a very long time. Um, um, disclosure, she was actually my school leader um, when I was in the classroom when I taught first grade many years ago. Um, and I've known Leslie for a long time and she was a dynamic leader and it was great serving under her. Um, and it's been uh, through Facebook and social media, it's been awesome to watch as she has moved from um, this champion of children's rights in the public school arena to deciding that for her and her son that homeschool was the way to go. So, um, Leslie, can you give us tell us about your background and what led you to the place where you decided that homeschool was right for you and Sammy? Sure. Well, thank you for letting me
1: come and tell our story. Mm-hmm. It's so good to see you again after all these years. Yes. So, as you know, I let's see, I was your principal, your school leader. Prior to that, I was a school teacher. 14 years at a progressive educator. Mm -hmm. I did teach in traditional school in the beginning and then went to pursue my first graduate degree and learned about progressive education Mm -hmm. and I was hooked. So I taught for 14 years, uh, then I became a literacy coach and then I became an assistant principal At a charter Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. after that I moved from I was in New York then New Jersey then I moved to Ohio and was the head of school the founding head of school of an all-girls school Mm -hmm. uh, and loved it yeah and then from that point on went to Indiana which is where I am now and I was an assistant superintendent over charter schools Mm -hmm. and also a regional development director where I opened up charter schools throughout the state of Indiana
0: so you are like steeped. I hope everybody listening heard all that. She was a, and she was in deep in the traditional public education system. And so like, but that is not where you are now. So um, no. I know people are like wondering like, well, how did you go from there to, to doing this? Uh, then I became a mommy and
1: I thought about becoming a homeschooler if I could not find the right school for Sammy. Our son is now six years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having taught in amazing progressive schools in New York City and Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. and having been the principal of an amazing school, a progressive school, uh, loving so much about diversity in education, when it came to children, when it came to staff, uh, and also the educational philosophy. I definitely wanted a hands-on experiential approach for Sammy. I wanted him to come alive, be alive, be happy, be full of joy, have a voice, not be silenced. I wanted him to just love education, love school. And then I started looking here in Indiana for schools and I did not find what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So for example, our neighborhood school, even though it's a great school with a report card, and the grading system, it was not as progressive as I would have liked it to be. And then also diversity-wise, Sammy probably would not have had a Black teacher or principal, probably not even a principal, until perhaps middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm the kind of person where I think Sammy was probably too and i went and spoke with the superintendent separately and then also the principal separately and i wanted to know what are you going to do about diversity like where 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 are the staff members that look like me mhm and i did not like the answer that i got um and uh and having been a principal who you remember at our school was very diverse that means yes. a lot to me yes. and so i know that if it's a priority you'll make it that mm-hmm. so fast forward um Decided that, yes, at some point I would homeschool him. Was thinking age six. And then COVID happened. And like a lot mm-hmm. of people had to pivot, so did we. Mm-hmm. And so Sammy at the time was four. He was attending preschool at a wonderful school here three times a week. We, of course, we pulled him out mm-hmm. and started to, I guess, homeschool him. And I did what most persons do when you're about to homeschool you start looking for curriculum you start thinking about okay what curriculum am I going to use and of course in my head I'm thinking well I'll do a little bit of reader's workshop writer's workshop responsive classroom all those great progressive education all the things courses. that you, you train me uh,
0: in <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely the things that work right and I love those things um and I knew I wanted to do it the bank street way which is my first graduate school and that's that's all I know and love started looking for uh homeschool Curriculum that was progressive. And I was asking the question, what are you all doing? And someone mentioned self-directed education, unschooling. And I'm like, what's that? Started reading a book, um, How Children Learn, I believe it is, by uh, John Holt, mm-hmm. and learned more about unschooling, self-directed education, and I was hooked. I'm like, that's what we should be doing because education is designed and enhanced around the interest of Sammy. So I've been homeschooling him, unschooling him with self-directed education for the last two years. And it is the best fit for our
0: family. Wow, that's an amazing! That first <laughs> off, I love that story, um, and I, there there were so many nuggets that you dropped in the middle of it. The first thing was the fact that early on you went in, and we talked about this before on Rewoke. Um, you know, you have to be intentional about diversity, um, and one of the things that we have have 100% repeatedly advocated for our parents to do, even if you do decide to remain. In the traditional education system there are very pointed questions that you should be asking so that you can make your voice heard and and get the results that you're looking for and one of those questions is i don't see a lot of people who look like me what are you going to be doing to um to change that um and we were talking off um off camera where i said that i am not i am vacillating between um, opening a micro school when my daughter, who was four and about to turn five uh, this, this fall, either we're going to open a micro school and create our own tribe or the last district that I actually was employed with, not the most diverse, but definitely the most intentional about answering that question. Everything they did was purposeful around making sure that all voices were accounted for and all voices were heard. So if I don't end up opening the micro school, if we put that off for maybe a year or two, that is a place because I got those. I asked that hard question. I actually worked there and I saw the work and I am okay with leaving my baby there to be molded and educated because I asked that hard question and I got the right answer. And so many times we ask those hard questions, don't get the right answers and think that, and don't push to to make that, to make that happen. And so kudos to you for asking those questions when Sammy was two. Um, (laughs) Maybe it was three, but he definitely built to me like, why
1: are you coming? Why are you asking this now? And I'm like, because I'm an educator and because I'm a parent
0: and I need to do my homework. And, and progress takes take time. time. Yeah. Progress yes. definitely takes time. It, we, I, yes. it moves at the, at a glacial speed. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that you are putting in the building blocks now for when my baby is ready to come to your school. That's exactly. awesome. So you. what you said that unschooling has been the right, the, the best fit for you guys and, and your family. I want to know what are some of the benefits, again, Career and education, far beyond mine, Um, you know, like very extensive. You've been all over the place. You've seen multiple different types of schools. You've been in different states. You've been in different cities. Um, And this, I mean, I can tell in your voice when you're talking about it, you love it. You know, you are 100% self-directed education. This is awesome. So I want to know, given your background and given what you've experienced these last two years with Sammy, um, what is it about this that you feel is so beneficial for our kids and why should more people consider it?
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I I literally have goosebumps as, as you were asking and and talking about it because it's so exciting to see my son learn naturally. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. So as you know, even in progressive schools, the teaching and the learning of reading how to become an emergent reader, mm-hmm. you still have some constraints, right? You still have, okay, you've got to get them to be a reader by a certain age, by a certain grade level, because they have to move on to the next grade, right? They have, have to take a that. test. <laughs> and they have to take a test. And with unschooling self-directed education, it's sort of like the Waldorf mm. philosophy where Sammy is becoming a reader organically, naturally, at his own pace. In his own developmental style and stage. And I love that. There are no worksheets. I do not use testing with him. A um, lot of literacy. As you know, I'm big on literacy. Mm-hmm. So we read all the time, we go to the library. He belongs to a book club. Um, I narrate the day, my husband narrates the day, we play games all the time, Uh, it's hands-on activities, Uh, we do uninterrupted play, and I'm a huge play advocate, Mm -hmm. because I know that children learn uh, their cognitive skills, social, emotional, physical skills, and more all through play-based education. What I love about unschooling is that Sammy has the time and the space to learn naturally. There are no constraints, so I'm not saying oh, you have to stop doing this now because you've got to work on a worksheet. Right? I'm not saying that at all. He has all day to develop his own passions, his own interests. And what I do as his facilitator is I see what he's interested in. I see that he spends the whole day tinkering and playing and just investigating, experimenting. And then in my head, I'm thinking, how can I bring the math and the science and the social studies and all of that into his world, sort of unbeknownst to him, there's something that we called uh, that we do in, in homeschooling called strewing, and it's when you leave objects, you leave things out, just leave it out, and he might actually navigate towards it and be interested in it, or just leave it alone, but nothing to do with it. And so, I'll do things like that throughout my day. We also do a lot of game schooling, so Sammy's learning his all of his math skills computation skills Uh, we read all the time he's learning all of those skills Mm -hmm. through games i mean that's all we do is we play games and he plays all day uninterrupted play is so important guided play Mm -hmm. when i'm asking those open-ended questions when i know when to go in and when to come back out when to observe him i've seen nothing like this ever because in schools it's what 45 minute time blocks yeah Mm -hmm. maybe 90 minute time blocks right Mm -hmm. and then also in schools we know when students finally have time to get into something and they're like, oh, I, I get this. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. They're taking a deep dive. What happens? It's time to transition. Mm-hmm. It's time to shut it down. It's time to move on. That doesn't happen here in unschooling. Mm-hmm. He gets up on his own, Michelle. Uh, he. There, I mean, everyone does it differently. Every homeschooler, every unschooler, every person does self-diverse education. So for us, we all go to bed when we go to bed. It could be. Nine o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. He still gets his ten to twelve hours of sleep a night. But when he wakes up, it's whatever he wants to do. Mm. He he pretty much tells me based on his interests what he wants to do for the day. I also do have him taking some classes in out school. Okay. The virtual program. And so, but again, those are based on his interests. So he takes a Legos class, right? He takes a African storytelling class. He takes a dinosaur math class. He takes a singing and music class. uh He takes artsy ABCs. Uh, so he's having so much fun learning at his, his pace, in his time, in his space. And I am so happy that I don't have to put testing and give him a percentage and a grade like, Oh, you're 90% or, Oh, you're on weeding level. If he weeds independently when he is seven
0: or eight or nine, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. So, yeah, So, I guess, so as people are listening, you know, I, I, I feel like my listeners um, are probably mm-hmm. going to be saying the same things they said when we did the, um, the Montessori um, ep- episode, which was, well, all that touchy-feely, like, how do they, how do you know? How do you know that they're learning? How do you, how are they being assessed? Now, for the Montessori, what I remember from the Montessori episode is actually, and it's the term that you use, the facilitator um, or the guide, right? Um, the guide actually in Montessori does a lot of the heavy lifting because they are doing exactly that. They are trained in observation to see where the children are. And I don't know if they use the term strewing like, that you just described, like leaving things out just for them to explore, but they definitely craft the open-ended activities based on the very intricate observations that they are doing to help grow the learning. And then there's, cho- there's voice and choice and they're, they're able to, to, to pick their, their stations and, their, and, and figure out what they're gonna do. But it is very much um, monitored, not controlled, but monitored by the guide or the facilitator, um, wh- and and those those observations, those detailed observations, are what you use to to be able to figure out how they are growing and they're progressing. And my daughter goes to Montessori um, preschool right 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 now, and she loves it, and um, it works for her. But they are still they do still do some level of um, of I don't want to call it testing, but we get progress reports, and we know like um where what 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 letter she recognizes what she's doing here what she's doing there there's no it there's no now the 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 idea of it has to be done by this date that's not Montessori but the idea that we are watching and we are helping them progress that is there which you know works for me what I'm hearing right what I, what I think my listeners might be hearing or might be wondering is where is that portion of it like how do you if if everything is directed by Sammy, how does he know where to go next, um, to continue to grow? And how do you measure whether or not he's ready for the next step? So how does that work in in your version of of homeschooling? So in terms of, okay, first of all,
1: I think for me, I kind of have a little cheat sheet because I am an educator. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like in my mind, I mean, I've had over three decades as an educator, right? Right. Of being an educator. So in my mind, I can look at something that he's doing and I'm like, oh, he's got this. Mm -hmm. Or I might say, okay, he doesn't have it yet, but it's okay. I know he's going to get there. So- I very well could look at standards. I very well could take out the standards and the benchmarks for the state that I'm in, and I could just go online and look at all of that. And truth be told, I have from time to time. And truth be told, he has he has surpassed those standards.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, because he's he has the freedom and the flexibility and the time to learn that. So I would say for parents who are wondering if they want to do this and measure the standards and whatnot and how their children are doing i would say just let your children be if you feel like you want to teach fractions for example right and you want your child to learn fractions then get into the kitchen start baking start cooking do some fun things don't take out a worksheet and Mm. do fractions teach fractions that way so with sammy we do a lot of baking we do a lot in the kitchen uh Uh, Even yesterday, my husband was working on uh, some dimensions and he needed a ruler and he came up, he asked, he asked Sammy, where's your ruler? Sammy went up to his math bin, got his ruler. And then my husband starts showing him what he's using the ruler for so that's learning right there it's real time it's 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 real
0: application which is what is missing and when when you're in school you're learning it in isolation and you don't really see the connection so it's like why am i learning this but sammy's literally everything he's learning he is applying and making real strong connections right away which is awesome
1: right and there is no need for me to give him a worksheet with 20 problems for him to solve and then for him to get frustrated. Like we'll play games. He'll take a class. We'll work on addition. We'll work on subtraction. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's got it. Mm -hmm. And so we move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And Mm he, and I'll tell you one thing, Michelle, he is not frustrated. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I tell you, that he will come to me and say, oh my goodness, this word starts with this letter and he's excited about it. Yes. When I say to him, Sammy, you know, let's get it's some books and read. He's like, should I get five books? Should I get six books? Oh, wow. You know, he has been in, he's six years old and he has been in five different summer, five summer reading programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Already, he values reading. He values literacy. When it comes to writing. Um, I will write the stories as he's dictating them, right? Mm-hmm. So he understands there's there's symbols that's that's related to writing, but I'm not sitting here saying you've got to write these sentences or you have to perfect your letters. I know that's going to come. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, try to find lessons that you want your child to learn, but your child is going to be inca- engaged. Your child's going to be happy about it. Uh, so for example, shoots and ladders. We play shoots and ladders, right? So that's where he's learning place value. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'll choose the ladders, ladders. So we'll play and then I'll take out the place value chart and I'll say, Sammy, okay, you're at 24, show me 24, two, two tens, four ones. Mm-hmm. We'll have the math cube. So I'm doing like two or three different things at once with him.
0: Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm.
1: taking the math cubes, he's showing it to me and, and and he's not frustrated. So that's how I know that he's learning that skill. Mm-hmm. And I know as an unschooler that he's got time. I'm not putting a clock on it or a deadline. So if he's not going to perfect something that maybe should be perfected by second grade until third or fourth grade, that's okay. But chances are he's going to probably perfect it by first grade typically because he's he's so smart and he's learning so much more than what he would typically learn in the classroom. Because you know, Michelle, in classrooms, there's so much time that's wasted. Yes. With the transitions, Mm -hmm. right? With getting to every student. With making sure every student is on the same page, with making sure there are no behavioral issues, making sure, I mean, there's so much time is wasted. When I tell you, we might sit down and work on something for three or four hours, Hmm. just Mm one-on-one. And it is amazing to see how he is learning and how it's like he goes down the rabbit hole and it's, it's working.
0: So what I'm hearing is this is great because your kid is getting uh, lots of one-on-one attention. They are wow. they are exploring things that interest them and they are um, and they are being able to apply in real world real world yes. application of the things that they are learning which makes the, re- the, the, the the learning real and tangible which is so important to be able to build those connections. Obviously you had a little bit of a cheat sheet because you were in education so <laughs> yeah you you knew a little bit of this. Do you have any resources or um, tips for parents who are considering? Um, homeschooling, and and um, I, the first thing I heard you say was you went to Facebook and you joined a group. I always tell people that if you yeah. want to do anything in life, at this point yeah. in our in our in our society, go to Facebook and find a group. There is yeah. a group for everything. So, other than so, yeah. do you have any other tips for people on what they can do if they are interested in considering this as an option? Yeah. So uh, first, I would say study your child. You really need to know who your
1: child is. And what makes her child happy? And I would say that if your child is currently in school, are they happy in school? Are they full of joy? Are they excited when they get to school? Or are they the opposite? Are they stressed out? Is there a lot of anxiety? Is there too much testing? Is it too much homework? Um, and, and how does your child learn? There are some children that do like a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. Sammy is not that child, he loves a lot of freedom. He loves to be able to spend hours working on Legos, for example, building, constructing. He loves his freedom. And so once you know the type of child you have and how your child learns, then I would say start to research different types of homeschools. So like you said, there's Montessori, there's Waldorf, which I love Waldorf, right? It's not a Waldorf school here. Uh, There's classical, there's Charlotte Mason, there's world schooling, road schooling. There's a Becca, the the, um, Christian program, I believe. There's so many different types of homeschooling. And you really want to make sure it's going to fit your child's style. Also, if you have multiple children, I would not do a one size fits all. Hmm. they're different children they learn different ways so once you determine what type of 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 um of learning style and, and and homeschooling curriculum that your child meets then i would say do the research i read so many books about self-directed education i listen to podcasts i listen watch youtubes i'm in clubhouse i even to have my own clubhouse rooms now where we talk about homeschooling a couple times a week. Um, I, I have found my tribe, I found my people where we support one another. Um, here in Indiana, I'm going to join once COVID is hopefully somewhat over. We're going to join other unschooling groups, self directed education groups of children and parents, families, where we belong to the same tribe. And that's where he'll get a lot of his socialization as well. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, I've got tons of books right here. I I, I love Peter Gray, Unschooling, John Holt, um, Ainsley Arment, uh, uh, Unschooled by K- Kerry McDonald. I mean, there's so many gurus when it comes to unschooling self-directed education. So for me, it's finding my tribe. It's talking with people. Uh, and I talk to people that have done it for years that are just doing it for the first time now that are contemplating it. And we are here for one another. Um, And and you'll find out that it works, whatever you, whatever style you want to do, just, just do the homework, do the research and, and see if it's a good fit. Awesome.
0: Leslie, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today about um, homeschooling and all things uh, unschooling um, and your journey. And hopefully uh, the listeners took a ton of different um, nuggets that they can go back and implement for themselves. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Can I say one more thing too? Sure. So I
1: blog at watchmonkeymama.com and I blog a lot about my homeschooling, unschooling adventures. And mm-hmm. so, if parents are interested, I have a lot of blogs about how I got started and why unschooling, self directed education. So, again, that's watchmonkeymama.com.
0: Awesome. Okay. I will make sure that all that information are is in the show notes and 100% that if you have any more, if you want to reach out to Leslie and you want to know more about her unschooling journey, Journey, watch monkeymama.com. Go there and you'll find all all there is to know about her unschooling journey and maybe you'll find out if it's right for you. Thanks again so much for taking time to talk to us today, Leslie. Thanks, Michelle. An innate love of learning, valuing of education, and authentic learning experiences. What is there not to love? I want to thank my guest, Leslie Joan Sessler, for taking time to speak with us today and encourage listeners to follow her homeschooling journey on her blog watchmonkeymama.com. Thank you for listening. Show notes and resources to the things we discussed today are available on our website at www.justlikemepresents.com. Share this podcast with other parents and educators in your circle, and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard today, leave us a review. Reviews help others discover our show and begin their woke journey. Have a great week, and remember, if our children can see it, They can achieve it.